1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Let's pick up right where we left off last Wednesday evening. We're dealing with faith and prayer, and we're dealing with how we ought to fellowship with Father God every day of our lives. And of course, we should have a time, a set time for fellowship, whether it's the morning, it's the evening, a certain break during the day. As I said last Wednesday evening, you, you know you, you know your schedule. You've got to settle on something that works for you and your schedule, so you should have a set time. But you can also fellowship with Father God at any time, when you're in your car, on your way to work, on your way home, running errands, doing this or that. We, we can fellowship with Him at any time, and we ought to live a life of fellowship where we have our set time, but also we're fellowshipping with Him throughout the day. The Apostle Paul said we're to pray without ceasing. And sometimes you might read that and uh, wonder, well, I, I pray 20 minutes, does that mean I need to pray 40 minutes? Or I pray 40 minutes, does that mean I need to pray 80 minutes? And we ought to all aspire in whatever pattern we have to spend more time with the Lord. But again, the Apostle Paul was writing about the fact that we, we live and move and have our being in Him. And so we ought to be mindful of the fact that he, he's with us. His spirit is with us wherever we go, and we can fellowship with him at any time. You don't just have to be at home in a particular place or a particular location. So there's no need in our lives for broken fellowship. And we have learned that two things feed our faith. First, fellowship with God through his word. And second, time spent in prayer. And you just have to set the time aside. You have to be willing to do it and then to be consistent. And what better time to get started? What better time to be more consistent than at the beginning of a new year? Amen? Amen. And I mentioned that people can get into guilt and condemnation over this. The point is to get started and then to be consistent and then to grow your time in prayer, to grow your time in your reading and studying of the Word of God. And of course, ministers do this full time. And you know, when I was growing up, I'd hear certain ministers or I'd read in their book you know, about how much time they spent with the Lord. You can get into guilt and condemnation. The point is, in your life, you got to have time with the Lord. And not just when there's a need. Amen. Not just when there's an emergency. Not just when you've been doing your own thing for six months or a year or 18 months and then you need something. And praise God, our Heavenly Father is gracious and merciful, but that's not a life of fellowship. And so as we've learned, there's no need for broken fellowship. And when there's anything in our lives that's not right, we learn, 1 John 1, 9, we go to the Lord, we confess it, deal with it, repent of it, move past it, and go forward in faith. And we left off last Wednesday night learning about the four things that should characterize our fellowship with Father God. Four things that should characterize our fellowship with Father God. First, when we fellowship with Him, we, we take our place in Christ. 
Jesus did all that he did on our behalf. And I would encourage you to read, to study, to meditate upon the book of Hebrews. We're, because of what Jesus did on our behalf, we're to enter into the throne room of our Heavenly Father with boldness, with confidence, with assurance, anytime we want. And we ought to be doing that all the time, every day of our lives. So first, we take our place. We take full advantage of the righteousness that has been given or credited to us. And we boldly enter the throne room of God knowing that we're entering as the righteousness of God in Christ. He did the work on our behalf. We enjoy the benefits. Second, we bear, when we live a life of fellowship, second, we bear the fruit of righteousness. You know, when you spend time with the Lord in prayer every day, when you spend time in the Word every day, you're just going to live different. You're going to make different decisions. And when you go to work, when you do what you do, when you go to school, when you pick up the kids, when you parent, whatever activities are in your part of your normal day, when you're spending regular time with the Lord, you're, you're going to make different decisions. You're going to talk differently. You're going to handle things differently. And you'll be more inclined to be of the mindset, well, well what would the Lord have me do? Maybe I should ask the Lord about this. Maybe I should pray about this. Or just this morning, I was reading in Proverbs that this type of situation, I ought to handle it this way. You're just going to have different results if you have regular fellowship. So second, we bear the fruit of righteousness. And this is why there are believers and they don't make any progress. They're just in the same place. It's the status quo year after year after year. And one of the reasons for that we learned last Wednesday night is broken fellowship. They're not spending regular time with the Lord in prayer. They're not spending regular time in the Word. And that's part of why they're not making progress and they're not bearing the fruit of righteousness. Third, when we live a life of fellowship, there, there's joy. There is fullness of joy in our lives. You know, one of the things that makes me so happy on the we don't have a long drive here, so there's not much time. So when I, when I load the kids up in the morning, I, I pray, for, pray a prayer with them for about a minute, minute and a half, and I put on praise and worship music. And we listen to some kids' praise and worship music. We listen to some what, what the adults would consider some goldie oldies. And that's, that's, that's the happy stuff. That's the joyful stuff. But it makes me happy listening to them singing and praising the Lord, as the Bible says, making a joyful noise under the Lord. But that, that's fellowship. When you pray, you're fellowshipping. When you're worshiping the Lord, you're, you're fellowshipping. And that brings fullness of joy. And we ought to have that in our lives as believers. There ought to be a fullness of joy that comes as we spend time in fellowship. Joy makes our faith the most attractive faith in the world. And for those of you that have traveled and been in other parts of the world, you, you have seen this firsthand. You know, it's amazing how this weekend, North Texas, there was a terrorism incident at a synagogue, but seems like no one in elected office wants to call it what it is. You know, the FBI was actually saying that they, they're not really sure why it happened at a synagogue, as if it is a mystery. You know, no one is willing to speak the truth, certainly not in elected office, and it is sad. But if you've traveled the world and have seen Buddhism firsthand or 
Hinduism firsthand or have been in the Middle East or at parts of Africa and have seen Islam firsthand, you know that there's no joy. And so for us as believers, we ought to be joyful people. And when you're living a life of fellowship, one of the fruits that you're going to bear or evidence is joy. The, the result of spending time with the Lord, talking to him, listening to him, doing what he says. Jesus said, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Why are there believers and then they're not happy? They're not joyful. They got a frown on their face week after week, month after month. Well, it's because they're not abiding in him. His word's not abiding in them. They ask, but they ask amiss, as James says, with wrong motives, or they ask, as John says, they, they lack confidence when they ask. They're not asking in faith. And so for a variety of reasons, they don't receive. And because they don't receive, they have no joy. And then they say this negative thing about God and that negative thing about God and this negative thing about the Christian life. And that is not attractive to a lost and dying and hurting world. And so our, our faith, one of the fruits of our faith should be joy. And that joy comes as we spend time with the Lord. That joy comes as we worship the Lord and we fellowship with the Lord. And our homes ought to be filled with the peace and the joy of the Lord. When joy goes, the word loses its power, its freshness, and its richness. Now, I'm thankful that growing up, I had the opportunity to be around people like Teal Osborne and great men of God like R.W. Shambach. They were happy. They were joyful. And there were times I saw them get irritated about this or that, but they, they quickly got back to the joy of the Lord. Well, they, they lived a life where they walked with the Lord, so they were happy. They were, they were joyful. There was something coming from within. But when joy goes, the word loses its power. When joy goes, the church loses its witness. When, when joy goes, that's not attractive, and no one wants to be a part of that. No one wants to be a Christian. A joyless church is a powerless church, and joy is a byproduct of fellowship and time with the Lord and worship. When fellowship is full, like when it's a rainy season and a river is at its flood level, when fellowship is full, when we walk in the fullness of our righteousness, then God will be honored. Souls will be saved. People will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is an attractive thing. It is a magnetic thing. Fourth, when we live this life of fellowship, rich fellowship produces great faith. And when someone says they're, they're trying to have more faith, they, they need more faith, they want hands laid upon them for more faith, that's someone who's not mature in the Lord. We, we grow in faith as we grow in our fellowship with the Father. We grow in faith as we grow in our fellowship with the Word. Paul said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith does not come by the laying on of hands. Come on. And so if you want more faith, if you want to have faith, you got to spend time with the Lord. If you want faith, you got to spend time in his word. If you want faith, you got to be in church. If you want faith, when you're in church, you got to not just be hanging out in the fellowship atrium talking for two hours. If you want faith when you're in church, you got to hear the word and then apply the word to your life. And then throughout the week, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. 
You know, the other day, kids were home, Monday, and so, you know, time had gone by, I had breakfast, had coffee, I put on sermons. You know, one of them asked, why are we watching this? Because this is the way. I'm in charge, and this is the way we are starting our day. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. So rich fellowship, a life of fellowship with the Father, a life of fellowship in his word, it produces great faith. When there is no fellowship or very little fellowship, it manifests itself in a weak, powerless faith. That's a believer, and they're always running to this, and they're running to that, looking for their answer. That's a believer, and they always need someone else to pray. And of course, you know, we use this as an example. Anniversary Sunday every year, we lay hands on people for your success and prosperity for the year. There are times, as led by the Holy Spirit, we'll lay hands on people. But we also want you to know how to believe God for yourself. We also want you to know how to exercise your faith on your own behalf. We also want you to know you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. His authority has been delegated to you. You can use the name of Jesus. You can pray on someone else's behalf. You can lay hands on the sick. It's not just for those in full-time ministry. And so that comes as we spend time with the Father and we spend time in his word without rich fellowship. And what is that? That's quality fellowship. And as pastor said, quality fellowship requires a quantity of time. Just can't get away from it. Just can't get away from it. And we live in a, in a time where we want five-second results. But, you know, when you, you eat a DiGiorno, it just doesn't taste the same as uh, real pizza in Italy. But we, we want microwave results. You know, and you know, we, we can all get this way. If you don't hear from someone in five minutes, they don't text you back. You know, maybe they don't like you anymore. They're not your friend anymore. Uh, it's never going to happen. The deal's not going to go through. It's all over. Quality fellowship requires a quantity of fellowship. And no, I, I don't want you to get into guilt or condemnation, but again, when, when you're spending regular time with the Lord, and spending regular time in the Word of God, and then on a regular basis you're hearing the Word of God, that, that is going to produce a harvest. That is going to produce a harvest. And it, it's going to produce a greater harvest than if somebody only occasionally talks to the Lord. Or maybe over the course of a whole year they read four Proverbs or whatever it is. So we have His Word. We have the Bible. So we ought to read it. We ought to study it. We ought to meditate upon it. It's what the Lord told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Be careful to do everything or all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So we can't get away from it. And God's word today is rich and it is full. It's as wonderful as it has ever been. But sadly, its power seems gone throughout much of the church. And that's why the word in many places has been replaced by entertainment. It's as though God's word and Christ have become paralyzed by a church which no longer solely looks to Father God as source and no longer walks in fellowship with the Lord, but instead looks for ways to please the world or to be acceptable and popular with the world. 
But let me remind you of what James says in James 4 and verse 4, you adulterous people, and that seems tough. That's not me, that's James. You adulterous people, don't you know friendship with the world is hatred toward God? And you may not care. You know, we're all different. Jessica's different than me. But m most of us, we want to be liked. You're like, I'm not answering that question. It's a trick question. We, we, we want to be like, we want people to think, man, oh, that Austin guy, he's a nice guy, or he's a wonderful guy, or, or Sally, she's a wonderful guy. We, we want to be liked. It's human nature. But I, I hope you realize you can do this, you can do that, you can compromise a hundred ways to make worldly people like you or affirm you or agree with you, and it's a never-ending slippery slope of compromise. Friendship with the world is hatred towards God. And, you know, sometimes we'll talk privately about how we're blessed, perhaps, by the Lord to be the size we are because we just, we just stay off the radar. You know, if they, they asked me to be on The View for an interview, it would not go well <laughs> because we're, we're to speak the truth. And, yes, we speak the truth in love, but we are to speak the truth. And James tells us, friendship with the world, it is hatred toward God. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Without rich fellowship in the word and in prayer, there's no light. It's just darkness. Psalm 119, 105. The psalmist wrote, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You know, a few weeks ago, Saturday evening, getting the kids in bed, I was patting Emily to sleep. We, have, we actually don't have just one sound monitor for her. We got two. You know, we got ocean sound. We got all kinds of sounds going. So she got the peace of God. Amen. You know, prayer, worship, the sound machines too. Well, everything turned off. Well, the power had gone out. Well, Jessica and I realized we, we weren't prepared. We, we didn't know where the flashlights were. We didn't have, like, night lights prepared. Like, you know, it was pitch black. So the Word of God, it illuminates our life. It illuminates your path. It illuminates your decisions. It illuminates your circumstances. But what if you're not spending time in the Word? Well, you're walking through life with the lights off. You're walking through life in the darkness. Now, there have been times with little kids and Legos and all kinds of things walking through the house at night or early in the morning. It, it's been a painful experience. <laughs> I think one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given, me, given is someone blessed me with a pair of slippers with flashlights on the front of them. That, that's great. <laughs> Got to be prepared, amen? amen? But his word, it is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. But what if you're not spending time in the word? What if you're making major decisions in life and you're not looking to see what the word says and you're not applying the word to those circumstances, whatever they might be. Why do believers stumble? Why do they stumble unnecessarily? It's because they're walking in the darkness. God's word does not illuminate their life and path. John tells us we're to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. We're to imitate him. There, there's no fellowship with God when we're walking in darkness. There's no fellowship with him when we're walking willfully and obstinately in the darkness. 
John says in John cha 1 John chapter 1 that if we claim to walk in the light, yet we walk in darkness, we're deceived and we don't live by the truth. And so, again, we are to live a holy life. We are to live a life that is set apart unto the Lord. And if there is something in our lives that is displeasing to the Lord, we are to root it out. We are to get it out of our lives. We are to confess it. We are to repent of it. We are to turn from it because there can't be fellowship where there is darkness. And again, this is why people have a hard time believing God. They have a hard time getting prayers answered because when they go to Father God, they don't go in confidence because they know there's this, there's that. The Holy Spirit has been dealing with them about this year after year after year. They just don't want to give it up. And so they don't pray in confidence. They don't pray in faith. And as a result, they don't receive from God. And what I'm saying is it is totally and completely unnecessary. It's a choice, a decision to walk in light and not in darkness. 1 John 1 and verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So fellowship requires that we walk in the light. And we, we, we can't walk in the light if we're not walking in the truth of the word of God. We can't walk in the light if we're not spending time in the word. We can't walk in the light if on this and that and the major issues of life, we don't know what the word says. And sad, it breaks my heart, but when people choose, tell your neighbor, say, they choose. They choose. Tell your other neighbor, say, they choose. they choose. Now, somebody just got saved Sunday, they might do something in ignorance, but I see a whole lot of people choosing to do things the word says not to do. Choosing to make decisions and major life choices, the word says, don't do that. Don't go down that road. But they choose to do the opposite of what the word says. Well, that's not walking in the light. That is walking in darkness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Again, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light for my path. So when the world looks to us, they should see light and not darkness. When the world looks to us and they're asking questions, looking for answers, looking for the truth, the answer, the solution, they ought to get light. They ought to get the truth of the Word of God. They ought not get darkness. And we ought not lie or speak in cute, nice phrases or speak in a way where no one understands what we're saying to where we're liked by the world. Or we can be friends with the world. Again, what, jo what James says is true. Friendship with the world is hatred toward God. 1 John 1, beginning in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. So we've got to walk in the light. And walking in the light requires we spend time with the Lord every day. Walking in the light requires that we let his word illuminate our life and our path and the choices and the decisions that we are making and the major decisions of life. So we've got to get into the word. When people are hurting, they're looking for an answer, they come to us, they should get the truth of God's word. They should get light and not darkness. We have the truth. It is 
the Word of God. And we have the answer, His name is Jesus. And so that's what we should give people. And again, there will be those that believe, there will be those that reject Him and reject the truth of His Word, but that is simply part of it. Quality fellowship brings joy. What are, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. See, as we, we spend time with Him, as we spend time in fellowship with Him, those are the fruits that ought to be evidenced in our lives. And we all, we all have plenty to work on, amen? None of us can say we have perfectly mastered love and joy and peace and patience and faithfulness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Quality fellowship, time with the Lord and time in prayer and time in His Word, it brings joy and it produces a living faith. Where there is no fellowship or where fellowship is only occasional or sporadic, it eventually dies. It's like, like a desert. There once was water. There once were plants and flowers and all kinds of things. But where there is no fellowship, everything dies. This is why Christians who are not in church faithfully and consistently, they are weak. And it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when someone says, have this need, I have this emergency, it's a major issue. But then I, I ask Aaron, when was the last time you saw them in church? And it's been a year, or it's been two years, or longer. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And see, if someone won't come on Sunday or on Wednesday and sit in a service and listen and apply themselves to the Word, there, there's nothing special I can say in the office that's somehow better than what we're saying on Sunday or on a Wednesday. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And again, if you're not walking the light and walking the light of the Word on Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and especially on Sunday, well, then you're walking in darkness. And that explains the results. And there are no excuses. You know, I hardly watch sports. My mother-in-law wanted to watch the Cowboys game Sunday. That was a disaster. <laughs> not watching it, their performance, amen. But you know, people are there. There are a bunch of people there. Well, there, there are no excuses for anyone not to be in church. People are doing exactly what they want to be doing. People are putting first exactly what and who and the things they want to be putting first. And in these days, when Jesus said the love of most would grow cold, we ought to be the opposite. In these days where we, we look and we see what's going on and we, we see people walking in darkness, we ought to walk in the light. In these days when we see the love of not just some but many growing cold, our love for the Lord and our love for His Word and our love for the kingdom of God and the things of God, it ought to be red hot. When we see people putting all kinds of things first, we ought to double down on putting God first and walking with the Lord. Christians are weak when they're not spending regular time in fellowship with the Lord. A man in the church once described it to me this way. 
people not here consistently, not faithful consistently. And again, it's no accident that in the New Testament, believers are compared to sheep. Now, I've been to Africa. I've been on the safari, and I've seen what goes on out there in the real world. You know, going to the zoo here in Fort Worth or Dallas does not count. <laughs> the animals look so, so sad and lonely. <laughs> Jessica's always telling me, be quiet, don't say anything. The kids can hear you. <laughs> but when you're out there where they're free to do what they do, in the Maasai Mara, the lions, they pick off the stragglers. They pick off the easy targets. Who are the easy targets? They're the zebra, the wildebeest, and they're not with the group. They're doing their own thing. You know, they're, they're taking their own path. That doesn't work out so well. They're doing their own thing. That doesn't work out so well. They're not with the herd. See, they're, they're safety in numbers. They're, they're safety being a part of the group. They're safety being where you're supposed to be, and that is in the house of the Lord, putting God first. And we find out in Psalm 92 that when we're in the house of the Lord, we flourish and we prosper. So believers don't flourish and prosper when they're not in the house of the Lord. Where there is no fellowship, faith is like a desert plant. It withers. It withers until it is gone. So take your place in Christ. Know who you are. Know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ and take your place. Spend quality time with the Lord. Spend quality time in fellowship with the Lord in prayer, and with his word. We find joy in his word, and we discover freedom to use the name of Jesus. And when we're spending regular time in fellowship, faith will rise up in your spirit. You will be strong in the Lord. You'll know what to do. You'll know what decisions to make. You'll, you'll know what to say. You'll know how to respond. You'll know how to handle a situation because you're full of the word of God. Faith will rise up in your heart and you will overcome whatever circumstances there may be. So establish consistent fellowship with Father God and consistent time in his word, then maintain that fellowship. Be consistent. Tell your neighbor, say, be consistent. Be consistent. Tell your other neighbor, say, be consistent. be consistent. You know, it's the beginning of the new year and the, the perfect example. And I know everything's not normal still. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But in normal times, you know, January, the, the gyms are always full. You know, but throughout the year, you know, people are less faithful. It is human nature. But to enjoy the benefits, you got to be faithful. You got to be consistent. And our time with the Lord and our time in prayer and our time in his word, it is no different. So be consistent, be faithful. Colossians 3, beginning in verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That that means to a significant degree. That means in abundance. That means in plenty. Not, not just a little bit. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Say, say richly. richly. So that, that is an abundance of his word in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let his word dwell in you richly. Let his word dwell in you richly. 
So we, we need more word, not less. And whatever amount of word we had last year, praise God for it, we need more word this year. And the New Testament talks about going on to maturity, getting past milk, going to the solid meat of the word. You know, praise God for our favorite passages and our favorite parables and our favorite chapters. But you got to come to the place where you are reading and feasting and enjoying the entirety of his word. And of course, if you're doing the daily Bible reading, it's the proverb for the day. We start the year off in the Gospels now, in the Gospel of John. But, but all of his word is a benefit to us. And the Old Testament, the Bible says that the saints of old, they are examples unto us, things to do, things not to do. And it's amazing the extent to which they walk with the Lord. They didn't have the new covenant. They didn't have Christ. They didn't have the written word. They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So we have no excuses. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And a lot of times we're not mindful of the incredible price that was paid so that we would have the word of God. And I'm all, I'm all thankful for the technology. It's wonderful when it works, but it can be turned off at a moment's notice. Yeah, there's a particular Bible program I have, and I have the NIV 84 in that simply because I happened to buy that when I bought the software so many years ago, decades ago. But if you get that same software today, you can't get the NIV 84 anymore. Things can be disappeared like that. We live in evil days. We live in wicked days. And I'm all for the technology, but you better have a Bible that is yours, a Bible that you can read and study. And if you have to, click the flashlight on and read it in the dark. <laughs> the world controls the technology. The world controls these apps and these platforms. And it can all be turned off like that. So we use it. We enjoy it. We use it for good. We use it to spread the gospel as best we can. But we have to be mindful of the fact that it can all be turned off like that. And so we have his word. Don't feel bad about having Bibles and extra Bibles in your house. We have his word. We ought to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. You know, Samuel got all kinds of things for Christmas, Legos, all kinds of things. But one of the things that he was most excited about was getting a blue Bible. He loves the color blue, he wanted a Bible, wanted a children's Bible with illustrations, all that good stuff. And that can be a challenge to find in 2021, now 2022. But he was so excited about the Bible. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Daddy, show me where the story of David and Goliath is. And of course, he's learning to read, working on reading that himself. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. See, we ought, we ought to model that in our homes. We ought to model that with our children. We ought to do as Deuteronomy says, to teach the precepts of God and the word of God to them in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, when we're walking along the road, when you're in the car, when you're on your way to school, when you're on your way doing this or that or to a birthday party, whatever it is, and they ask you questions, what does the word say? They ask you questions about what is going on in the world today. What does the word say? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It should dwell in you richly. It should dwell in your 
children richly, if you have children, and the word of Christ should dwell in your home richly. And that's what we ought to model in the home. Amen? Amen. We're going to pause right there, pick up there this next Wednesday evening. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, I hope that was a blessing, encouragement to you. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.